Hey leaders, it's Emily and Paige with your midweek lift discussing another hot topic to help you to level up. There's enough room at the table for all of us, so we are extending a hand back to lead you forward because leadership is female. Let's go. We are all busy professionals, right? That's why I'm always looking for the best products that are both convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. Mobot is a beautifully designed water bottle and foam roller in one. This company is female founded and led, which is huge for us at Leadership is Female and supports our core philosophy to elevate women. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of camp to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps so much with recovery and it feels good. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code Leadership is Female to get 15% off. Support Lanny, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness product. Visit mobot.com and use the code LEADERSHIPISFEMALE to get 15% off today. Hey, leaders. It's Emily and Paige here for your next episode of Midweek Lift. We got a fun topic today that I proposed to Emily. It is motherhood versus singles. Ooh, hot topic in the workplace. Hot topic. This one is just, it's been on my heart lately, Emily, as we're kind of preparing for these topics. I think I'm at what I think for myself, a certain age where it's, I'm enjoying my childless life, but look forward to motherhood one day, but enjoying my free time and maybe getting frustrated that maybe my free time isn't valued with those with kids and want to come to an understanding that we can all continue to work together and hearing kind of both sides of the argument. Um, something that was really eye-opening to me early on in my career was one time I was just having a pretty candid conversation with a female executive and she finally just kind of had this breakdown and was like, I'm so tired of my free time, not being valued the same as someone with a kid. I understand that I'm a 40 year old woman who's not married and who doesn't have kids, but that doesn't mean I can always take the business trip or take the extra evening call or get here earlier um, and that was really eye-opening to me. You know, when I was young, I always thought I needed to say yes to everything. I understood when parents needed to leave. And now that I am older in my career, I, I see where she's at because I, I'm, I am starting to feel that disconnect. And I don't think there needs to be one, but I get why. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy you brought this up because I, a lot of this goes back to our old friend, Brene Brown clarity is kindness. If you're feeling that way, you have to express it. So I recently heard an interview, actually it was on the women blazers podcast, and it was with the, the new president of the Pacers co-president of the Indiana Pacers. And she doesn't have children. Um, she's had an incredible career. Highly recommend you guys listen to this episode, but she said her sacred time is Pilates. She was like, I don't have kids, but I love this Pilates class. And I go there every Saturday morning. And if I have a huge event that day, like maybe I don't go, you know, but, but if, if I don't like, I'll be in when it's done. And I guarantee you that she is clear with her staff. Like this is my priority. And this is what, this is what I'm doing. So it goes back to, to that clarity piece new guys know that I've got, I've got kids and they are, 
you know, they're the priority. They're little humans who can't take care of themselves. And I've been in a meeting, actually vividly remember this. It was when Magnus was, was before he turned one. And he had this incident at um, preschool. He had a, uh, he, he had like spiked a fever. And it's so scary when little kids spike a fever, they can have a seizure. Mm-hmm. And it's base, it's very common, but it is absolutely terrifying. So the school calls me and they were like, Magnus wasn't breathing. We called the, the ambulance. And I, I picked up the phone because I saw that it was the school. And I was actually, I was in a, like a, like a board meeting and I was like, excuse me. And I ran out and I answered the phone and, and I was like, I'll be right there. And I ran right in and I grab all my stuff. And I just like shouted everybody at everybody, like, I gotta go. And I ran and I of course took care of my son and he was fine. In the end, thank God. But we did have to take the ambulance to the hospital. And this is like a super extreme example. But on the back end of this, it was the first time that anything like this had happened to my boss. And he said he was initially like really shocked. And then he was very understanding, you know, afterwards. But I can like totally understand when you have a plan for your day and somebody's kids interrupt it and you don't have that same circumstance. You know, I, I, there was a time in my life when I didn't have children. Like I can, I can understand that. But what I think like the main, the main topic here is that clarity piece. So if you are someone who don't, doesn't have children or doesn't plan to have children, it doesn't mean that work has to be your whole life. And I think that's what you need to be clear with your boss and the people around you that, Hey, I might not have kids where I have to run out and like go to their play, but I am going to go to my friend's wedding this weekend, or I planned to run a marathon. So I'm off or, um, my friend is opening a business and I want to be there. It's, you know, the grand opening is at four o'clock. Like there's different priorities that you need to make sure that you articulate mm-hmm. and, when that clarity comes, when that communication comes is when we can sort of find that what will feel more like an even playing field for everybody. Yeah. And you know, and this isn't to come across and like, I can't believe you're running out to go help your kid. Like I have a VP who also has four young kids and I do find that I feel he needs to justify when he needs to leave early to go pick something, someone up. And I always kind of think back now that I am in a working professional, like, I don't know how my own parents did it, getting us all our activities and also working full-time jobs, but it, it is that like having that conversation. I mean, if you are in a leadership role, just kind of like auditing yourself, you know, like, are you giving the same kind of leeway to an extent to those who are single childless to those who are parents but at the same time, like on the single side, like I do want to provide grace because I have no idea what it's like to drop everything and change my whole schedule for a kid. I mean, I look at my dog when I have an inconvenience. I'm like, you should be fine. But it, it is interesting just as I'm navigating this in the workplace and in just like normal life, how much I feel like I have to give up for parents. And sometimes it's just, I want to be left alone. <laughs> Let me do my thing, you know? <laughs> so I was just thinking as you were talking that for me, having children and being in a leadership role really made me evolve as a manager. So I was born inside the box of nine to five or eight 30 to five 30. And that rigid commitment of being 
physically in that space during that time, like strict one hour lunch, you know, this is an industry where we're not running an assembly line where is imperative that somebody be, you know, pushing the button at the right time. Like there's in your, your space, there could be some leeway with your physical presence. And when I had children and I needed a little bit more of that leeway because kids started with just kids getting sick. And now as they're getting older, it's school plays and like sports commitments and, you know, different, different things that come up that like, I want to be with, be with them for, I moved way more towards this management in the trust sector where I would manage the people around me much differently than I would have five or 10 years ago, where I want people working for me and on my team that do not need to be micromanaged, that do not need to be like under my nose to, to make sure that they're getting the things done. I want to trust that they're going to get the work and I give them the space to get that work done, whatever that means for them. So I had a guy that worked for me who was very passionate about coaching basketball and he coached at a, a local high school and the season wasn't during baseball. It was, um, in the, in the fall, like in the winter and practices, you know, for high school sports are like late afternoon and I said, great. Like, I'm so happy you're serving our community and, um, you're being a leader who also works here. So he, if they had a game on the other side of the state, he'd leave at noon, you know, he'd leave at three for practice. I did not care because he was a high performer and he also, I think his mindset changed a little bit on me and my commitments, like with my kids or, you know, coming and going for different things. Like they weren't so worried about where their manager was or why does she get to come in late or leave early? Because everybody had that same grace. Mm -hmm. So if that's something that you can work to adopt in your workplace, everyone was happier. It was this bigger culture of trust to get the job done. And then knowing like when you had to be there at all costs, right? Like if it was game night and I was um, manager on duty and I was going to open and close the park and I had a whole bunch of stuff going on that night, I had arrangements for my kids. You know, I wasn't God willing, like there wouldn't be an emergency that would pull me out, out of the place. Um, I made those arrangements when I needed to, but on like the day to day, I think if you can give your staff the, the freedom to succeed within the boundaries that allow an equal playing field for everyone in terms of the time spent at their desk and the other endeavors that fuel their life and their creativity. I think that improves a workplace culture just tremendously. It's immeasurable. I really like the explanation of that. And it, it kind of reminds me of when I was also in, in baseball and I remember another high up executive woman was talking and, you know, if you work in sports, you know, you're still doing your normal job and then you have your evening game. So you're working 14 plus hour days and, you know, my assumption is as a parent, you're starting your day way earlier than most people you're dealing with. We're not dealing, but you're, you're getting your kids ready for the day. And then you do work 
And then if it's a night game, maybe you're, you're stepping out real fast to make sure you do dinner or you're picking them up or whatever your day-to-day plans are. But I remember she, she worked it out with her bosses where she could skip like the first like two hours of like setup. Cause she knew that she would stay later for breakdown. And one time, a, a like a, a part-time staff member, she like got in at seven. He was like, must be nice to get here at 7 PM. And she was like, I have done more work by 8 a.m. than you have done in the last year sir like she was like so like I'm not don't don't call me out for being late because you don't know the full story um so I do think that like that's something to keep in mind that like you don't always know what everyone's doing every hour of the day uh I'll say that I have done that before as well because I was I've gotten very angry at younger staff who um didn't, you know, don't have families yet. Like they're living alone. Like they're in their twenties. They're having a great time. And when they can't make it to an eight 30 commitment in the morning, I'm pissed <laughs> because like I got up at six, got, you know, my three kids ready, dropped them off at school, probably had a phone call, like caught up on my email, you know, did all of this before the eight 30 and they're rolling in at bed with bedhead, like five minutes late. I'm kind of like, come on, man, like get it together. And I try to really have an empathy and an understanding of me being that person because in my twenties, absolutely showed up hungover (laughs) to work. And you know, I did, did all the, all the mistakes. I like, don't even want to rehash. Um, we could go into, go into a shame spiral, uh, with that. So I have like grace at both ends of the spectrum. And I think that's also what it's about. Like having empathy for both sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is important that you, no matter where you are, like my, my priorities at night, like my night is with my kids for the most part, but for those who don't have kids, Yes, it's important for you to go out to dinner with your friends or have drinks or do your workout or whatever it is that you want to do. Like that's part of your life. And there should be an understanding like on 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 both ends. I, I just think empathy in this point is also key. Um, and goes back to communication. And like as a manager, you can't you can't judge, right? It's not less important to make your CrossFit class than it is to like lit really like to pick up your child from school. You you can have that conversation like tonight, you know, hopefully it's in advance and you're not springing it on people. That is also a great way to like really upset the culture is not planning ahead, but it happens, but have a conversation like, Hey, tonight I need this. I'm so sorry. If you already have a commitment, um, can you cover it? right? Like people can always say no. Um, if you say no, and there's no alternative, like as your manager, you're probably going to rebuttal that a little bit. Um, but it comes back to the communication piece and having understanding on, on both sides. And I've been in the situation like, Emily, this came up, we need this to be done. And I'm calling my husband and saying like, I can't, I'm not going to be there for dinner. I need you to get all three kids, like get them all home you know, do all the things. No, there's not a babysitter to help you. And, uh, I'm, I'll be home later and I'm sorry. So it happens, happens to both sides and we should just have that understanding. It does. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I also get upset when someone rolls in with bedhead and also when they're late and they have a Starbucks in hand, that can really, (laughs) sometimes, I Um, mean, just, 
come on. Like you roll up super late with a Starbucks. We all know why you were late. Just chug it before you come in or hide it in a tumbler. I don't know. (laughs) Outside. And then if it's like a nice drink, get a few emails done and be like, I just really need to go outside and get coffee to be productive for the day. And then it's already there. Oh, look look how quickly I got it. (laughs) Advice from Paige, hide your iced coffee in a bush outside the building. (laughs) Go outside and get it after you've made your appearance. Oh man. Well, I do have to bring up one more like personal thing. Cause I feel like I would just not do my singles the honor. If I don't bring up this topic, airplane rides mm. as a single versus motherhood. So I just need to stage this story because I think this is what really stemmed my frustration of like the duel between the two different parties. Okay. So I love an aisle seat. That is my preferred seat. I, unless like it's Southwest and it's like survival of the fittest and it's checking in on time to be able to get your, the boarding and the seat you want. I pick my seat. I do what I need to do when I book my airline reservation. And recently I was on a flight and I had an aisle seat. So I'm, I'm boarding, I'm putting my thing in and there is a woman sitting in my seat and she has a child on her lap. And I say, ma'am, I'm really sorry, but this is actually my seat. And she looks at me and she's like, no, it's not. And so then I had to pull up my boarding pass. And I was like, I'm 19 D I'm, I'm sorry, but this is my seat. And she was like, well, this kid's father is in that row. So if I'm sitting in the middle, I'm going to have to pass my kid back and forth and you're going to have to deal with it. And I was just kind of like, but I didn't do anything wrong here. I picked my seat. I understand like you're frustrated because maybe you're not able to sit in a row together, but why does my experience, how does this become my fault? And like, if that's what you need to do, that's fine, but I shouldn't be blamed for this or like reprimanded for this. And I know that's like a one case scenario. That's not everyone, but I just find that there are just so many times where people with kids come to me, like if I'm at a brewery reading and I'm away from the sound stage, I've had three times a family come up to me and ask me to move because I'm by myself reading and they don't want their baby next to the stage. Like, that's not my problem. (laughs) All right. Well, in these, these cases, specifically the airline, that is just rude, inconsiderate people, period. Um, That lady would find a way to make somebody accommodate for her, no matter what the situation (laughs) was, because you can uh, buy the right seats, like pay to have them next to each other. And she was just banking on somebody moving, uh, to accommodate for her. So I don't agree with that at all. And I think that's, that's, that's poor planning, um, on, on her part for sure. And I feel really bad that that happened to you. I have had, um, a child on my lap at probably, north of 25, maybe 30 flights, um, in my life. And you have to be prepared. Like your, your carry on bag is not yours. It's like for your kid, right? Like you have to have everything in there that's ready to keep them happy the whole time. You got to know how to make them calm down in a very tight (laughs) space, you know, and there are definitely ways to talk to your neighbors uh, that are not the way that she, she spoke to you. Um, I do, however, like parents and their babies need to get places. And I don't think that parents 
need to apologize for themselves or the lap child to the people around them. Like I am a, I am a staunch, um, I I'm very against bringing like a, I'm sorry bag. Have you heard yeah. like par- some parents bring prepare snacks for the riders around them and hand them out and say, my baby's here. Like, I'm sorry if he or she interrupts you during the flight. Like here's a little, you know, snack for you so that you have a better experience. What? Like, no, we have just as much right to be on the plane as you do. And sometimes babies cry. Like that's just the way that it is. Um, however, as a parent, like you should try to be as prepared as possible. It shows like I have been on a flight where there's a mom who is just working her ass off. She's literally sweating, trying to rock the baby, feed the baby, like get the baby to calm down. It's not working. Everyone on the plane for the most part has so much empathy for that woman. They just want to like trans her, transport her like to her destination, like star Trek wise or whatever. But, you know, I think we all deserve to like take up to occupy our seats, but like, I think this goes back to the main topic. Like your kids are not your excuse for your life, right? You have to, when you have children, you got to work harder. Like you signed up for greater responsibility in life, like keeping other humans alive. And that requires you to get up earlier, to stay up later, to drive more, to grocery shop more, to do more laundry, to like keep the people around you alive. And you don't, you can't do that at the expense of everybody else, whether that is your coworkers, the people that you manage, um, or the people on the airplane, like just being a good human, um, is number one. And your kids should be added value to your life, not an excuse for, um, doing everything poorly and (laughs) leaving work early. No, and I, I think this was like a really eye-opening conversation just from my like different perspectives. And again, I could re-listen to this, Emily, in like the next 10 years when if that's the, the direction I choose to go and we'll probably cringe at all the things that I'm saying because it's just different stages. But moral of the story is, is I respect the hell out of all the women in our industry and other industries that are balancing both. Because um, I do think there's still that wave of I can't be in sports when I want to be a mom. Um, I have to wait until after I leave sports or I can't have both. And I do think you can have it all, maybe not in the same day, but you can definitely have it all in the grand scheme of things. Um, but just maybe don't ask me to move out of brewery. That's all I ask. Yeah. You know, Paige, don't ever cringe at yourself. because This is the way you feel in this moment. And for me, I remember being you. And I think that's a really good point to make for all the parents out there is like, we were that person at one point in time. We were, there was a point in time where we were uh, childless and we had other priorities. So be communicative, have that type of relationship with the people in your workplace about their priorities, whether it's their family or something else. Um, we all have these, this one life to live and we should try to live the best one possible. And it also comes down to the more you can respect and know the whole 360 human, the better the workplace culture. 
And the better the workplace culture, the more longevity you have in your employees, the more longevity you have in good employees, the more success that brings to your business. So I think that's really the moral of the story today. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed our our debate, kids versus no kids, and how to uh, navigate that in the workplace. Uh, bottom line, let's let's talk it out and um, have empathy for for everyone around us. That's the perfect note to end on, Emily. Hey, leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job. Because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries, opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjansen at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.